we continue the uh, final week of Jesus series, uh, uh, and this Easter Sunday uh, we find ourselves, uh, we'll start in Luke 23 this morning, we'll end up in uh, John 19 this morning, we'll be talking about the, uh, we'll continue and pick up where we left off last week. Uh, and again, Luke 23, starting in verse 53. <clears throat> Who serve a risen Savior, and we're so thankful that the tomb was empty. So thankful that he rose again on the third day. So thankful that we have a hope uh, in Jesus Christ, where it says that we are most miserable if we have hope here only. And we know that our hope is not in, in, in here and in the now, but is in eternity. But we are also not called to live defeated lives now. We're also not called to live defeated lives now just because of the things that we go through. We're going to talk about that today and what the resurrection means for us. And what the hope that it gives us uh, is today. And we're going to talk about, we've talked about the path of the cross. That Jesus Christ was the only one that could uh, fulfill this. He was the only one that could do this. We talked about the passion of the cross last week. On how he uh, went to the cross. And how they placed the crown of thorns on his head. As they smote him. And they took him to the uh, whipping post. And they, and they beat him. And they bruised him. And they battered him. And they spit upon him. And they took him to Cal, uh, the place of the and give him the cross and he carried it to Calvary and he came and they nailed the nails in his hands and they nailed the nails in his feet and they lifted the cross and they stretched him up and they stretched him wide for the whole world to see and the spectators uh, marveled and some mocked the two thieves on each side one marveled or they both mocked and one marveled and he hung there for all to see with a sign above his head that said the king of the Jews and they sat down in the priest and the and all the spectators, behold your king, get down, save yourself. And that's where we left off uh, last week and why he didn't send his angels down uh, to take uh, charge of the situation and to take hold of the situation. And he cries out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Father, forgive them. You don't have to do this. Could I not call down legions of, would my father not call down legions and come down and help me? But I believe that as soon as the blood uh, was pierced from his body, uh, that, that death would pass over us because death became him. He's the Passover lamb. The word of God is fulfilled. He came not uh, to condemn the law. He came to fulfill the law to the T. And I believe that as God approached to defend his son like any other father would, it, I believe that when the blood was shed, the Lord's, the God the Father just did that and the veil was torn. The veil was torn and that eternal separation was therefore made whole and we get access through the flesh of that which is Jesus Christ. But it doesn't change the fact that on this day of this Calvary and this resurrection, there were three people hanging on a cross. Many more, maybe, maybe, but at this particular place, there was two thieves on each side and one hanging in the middle and that's where we find ourselves this morning the sun had come back out if you know that it had grown dim the earth had shaked the veil had torn but and, uh, and and jesus said it is finished and he gave up the ghost uh but the sun had now uh lifted its eyes back and began to shine and the earth had gotten quiet and the people had begun to scatter and move away from the crosses going back to their homes and and to their passover meal that was coming to to do their uh daily thing and as we look around, we see two men on a cross with broken legs, lifeless bodies laying there, gasping for their last breath, ready to be uh, take their final uh, place and breath in this world. 
uh, guilty of their accusations, guilty of their crime, but the one in the middle, there's something different about him. There's something different about the one uh, in the middle. He, uh, he, he wears a crown of thorns. Uh, he, he, he was pleading to the Father, not to the crowd. He was, he was uh, not fussing with the people on the side, but he was pleading to the Father almost to the point that you would think and expect that heaven itself would cry down and say, What is it, son? What do you expect, son? What do you need? It was with that intensity that he was crying out, Father, forgive them. Father, why have you forsaken? And we hear it as Father, but the crowd would almost hear it like a groan and a roar. Abba, Abba. You would hear that roar in his voice, that pain, that distinction in his voice. And you know that there would be one difference. Their legs may be broken, but he he died. He gave his life. And they take that spear and they pierce it in his side and they open him up and he gives up the ghost, the Bible says. And two men went and begged Pilate for the body. We see that in Luke. He said, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus went and begged and pleaded for Pilate for the body. And they come and they come and they take... Uh, that body with the crown of thorns and his back laid open and the wounds in his hands and the wounds in his feet and they take that body down uh, of that man. They wrap it in, the Bible says, they wrap it here in, in linens and cloths and spices to anoint the body and prepare the body for uh, burial. They wrap that body uh, and they lay it in a tomb. The men did that. The men did that. They, they went. Not his friends either. Not his disciples the men uh, did that. They come and they uh, got the body and got it ready. And there's a key, uh, I want to touch on that for just a minute. Uh, they begged for him. They got the body. They took the body, the bloody body, the bruised body, the, the, the precious body, the pierced body, wrapped his wounds, anointed it, and laid him in an empty tomb. Cold, dark, uh, stone rolled away. Remember, uh, it's like a, it'd probably be better over here, a slab to lay the body on. Wrapped in linens, anointed in spices. We've got to hurry. Passover's coming. We can only do uh, uh, so much. But the men did that. And they laid him. And they rolled the stone over the door. And as we look at Luke, uh, uh, let me see what I said, 2353, uh, I'm to show you something. that. Uh, now the men went and got him off the cross. Uh, 53, let's look at... Uh, Let's just start there, as I said that. And they took it down. They wrapped it in linen. They laid it in the sepulcher uh, that was hewn in the store. Uh, hewn in the stone. Hewn in the stone. Stole the store. Hewn in the stone wherein never man had lain. And the day of preparation, and for this, for the day of preparation, the Sabbath drew on. And I catch 55. And the women also, which came from, with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how the body was laid. And behold, the women who followed after 55 again and beheld the sepulcher and how the body was laying. The two men came and got the body off the cross and they took him and they wrapped this body and they placed spices on him and they laid him down. And you know what these women did? They followed from afar, the Bible says, and they looked from afar and they looked and they said, okay, so that's where you're going to put him. Okay, that, that's where he's going to be? Okay, and, and I can share. And, and it also says another thing there. Uh, what does it say? And how this is be. They beheld the sepulcher. They beheld where he was going to be and how his body was laying. And they sit there and say, well, that'll never do. You're not going to wrap my Lord. You ain't going to wrap no man going to wrap my Lord that way. Because ain't that how men do? Get up, boy. Put duct tape on it. Come on. You ain't hurt. Dust it off. And come on. 
Get on up, boy, and 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 you and you, but not a woman, not mama. Mama don't do that. Mama gets on to daddy for doing that. But but a man will come that day. A man will come that day and take that body off and, and dust it off and halfway do it and get it ready and lay it. But these women said, uh, uh-uh. they looked back from a distance and said, okay, I see where he is and I see what I see how he is. And the Bible says in 56 that they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath according to the commandments. Because the men just come that day, and a lot of us men are that way. We are initial fixers, and we'll do it that day. And you dust off, you get up, you keep going. I said I would do it. I, I meant I would do it. And then we forget what they said and, and what ladies said. And, and we are, there should be some more amens than that. <laughs> I'm a little bit hearing because these are the way that men uh, do things. But these women, they came. They came. And I'm going to tell you, these women, they're just, and they said, I don't think so. I don't think this is how you're going to treat my Lord. Because ladies, it is, I get it. It is like a man to, to act like that, uh, to pay for it and think that's all he needs to do or, to, or to, uh, to go there and pick up this and he's done his due diligence in this and all and to take it and to fix it. Uh, uh, but there's a different day going on, a, a different thing uh, going on today. These women, they're not like men. Thank you, Lord. And so the women say, I, I don't think so. And they saw how he was, and they went back and prepared these spices so that they could fix this because, you know what, we've got to make this thing better. Yeah. Women got to make this thing better. We've got to kiss the boo-boo so it goes away. We've got to make this thing. We've got to clean up the mess at all costs. You know, I, I, I might say, well, you know what, he needs to learn a lesson. But Mama says, no, sir. Uh, I can fix this for him. I can help him through this. Daddy says, I don't have time right this minute, but not mama. She says, I've got to anoint this mess that he's in. i got to anoint this body uh, that he's in because this, uh, there's some things here that mama's not going to let anybody see about the son. There's some things there that the women ain't going to let uh, things happen. And you know what? The thing is, is the cross is not a place where he's going to come down just fine. The cross is not a place where everything's going to be just lovely when it's over with. The, uh, don't think you don't think you don't take things to the cross and expect them to live. You don't take things to the cross and expect uh, them to come off of it. That's why they're nailed there. That's why they're fastened there. That's why they're placed there. And unless you take it down, it's it's made to stay. Unless you take it down, it is made to stay. Unless you put it there and remove it yourself, you know what it does on the cross? If you put it on the cross and you leave it there, it dies there. It dies there. It's a place of execution. It was a place of intimidation, but it was also excuse me, a place of execution. That's what it was, a place of execution. So the ladies go and they prepare a place for where the men messed up. They didn't do exactly like they thought they should. But you know what they do after they prepare the place? They wait. They have to wait. One day, getting preparations. One day, to fix it. One day of getting together. You get this, you get this. If, if, and it says there was 100 pounds of spices to anoint uh, the body. Is, is, and they had already brought 100 pounds, so I'm thinking that the ladies brought another 100 pounds. It doesn't say that specifically, but I think that's what it is. And, but isn't it just like uh, the men to sit over there and the ladies say, I can fix this. I can fix this. You know what? I know that, he, I know that he's not on the cross anymore. 
I know he's in a, in a tomb. And, and I know I can't get to him right now, but I can fix this mess. And the, and the waiting, oh, the waiting is horrible. The waiting is horrible. Oh, it builds faith. I, I, when it, it, you hear that. And, and uh, it builds character. Uh, but it causes you to worry. It causes depression. It causes all these things to wonder. It causes your mind to wonder. And all these things. And they wait one day. And they say, well, maybe tomorrow this will get better and I can get there and I can hit. And they wait two days and three days. They waited and they prepared. And there's some anticipation and there's some excitement and some readiness to go and readiness to see and preparations has been made. And that second day, you know what happens? You're remembering what you need to do, but you're forgetting uh, what you should do. And you're remembering what happened and you're forgetting what he did and you're remembering what he, what, what the crowd was saying, and you're forgetting what Jesus said because the enemy comes in as well. And during those waiting times, you got the word speaking to you, and you got the enemy speaking. I heard it said, uh, and it, uh, I've heard it said this way. I'm, uh, I got one on each shoulder. Got one. I got one on each shoulder telling me which way to go. Which way to go? And that second day, you begin that remembering and forgetting. You remember that the, the cries, you remember the cries in the garden, but you forget about the joys of the garden. You forget how he overcame the garden at first uh, in the wilderness and the temptation, but you cried in the garden of Gethsemane. You remember that. You remember the whipping post. You remember the whipping post, but you forgot that he just had washed your feet. That he had just had washed your feet. You just had washed your feet. You remember the crown of thorns and it removes all hope of a crown of majesty. Hanging on a cross, a crown of thorns replaced a crown of majesty. The women's preparing to anoint a dead body, a dead savior, a dead king, and this crown of gold is no more that he talked about. This kingdom he's ushering in I remember the, the, the nails, the nails, the nails of his hands have replaced the embrace of his hands and the touch that I felt. Haven't we all been there in these hard places in our life? Uh, where the Word of God gets drowned out uh, by the words of people and, and the sight of God gets drowned out by what's going on around you in your life and you begin to see things around you that don't line up with Scripture and because Scripture is not being seen in your life, you begin to line your life up with things that are going around you and you accept those things and you say, well, there must be a trial. It must be a tribulation. It must be just something I'm going through. It must be something God wants to test me with. It must be something that God wants to grow me through. And we say, I'm fixing to get up. I'm fixing to stand up. I'm going to wipe off myself and I'm going to endure through this thing and I'm going to make it to the end no matter what. When God's Word says, if you'll look for a way of escape, I won't put no more on you. And we don't look for the way of escape. We look for... Uh, for ourselves to get through it and show God how big we are. Show God how mighty we are and how strong we are because we're prepared to go through years of this if we have to because we refuse to look for the way of escape. We look for the way through. We look for the way through. And God says, I won't put no more on you than I promised you if you'll just seek that way of escape. And the enemy hides that from you because he don't want you to know there's a way out. 
He don't want you to know there's a way out because when you find the way out, you can have 60 people come in on an Easter egg hunt and it'll bless your soul and bless their soul. But if you don't find that way out, you're prepared just to struggle with a congregation of 10 people and we're going to do it no matter what and we're going to make it no matter what. And if nobody comes, I'm standing strong for the Lord. And you know what he says? He says, that's not what I ever intended on you. That's the way the enemy intended on you to do this thing. That's not how I intended Remembering the nails makes me lose sight of the embrace and the side and the hole in his side. You know what it did? It left a hole in their heart. It left a hole in their heart. And by the third day, you either had one of two things and you had the men sitting there on the third day. But very early in the morning, you had a group of women that said, I can't take it no more. I can't take this no more. I got to see my Jesus. I got to see him no matter what he's, where he's at. I know where they laid him. I sat from afar and watched it. I know how they laid him and that won't do. There ain't no king of mine going to stink like that. There ain't no king of mine going to be wrapped like that. There ain't no king of mine going to lay in a tomb like that. And I'm not worried about the stone that I can't control. I just got to get one more glimpse of him because the glimpse I've got here will not satisfy the hole and the hurt that I've got here. I'd rather see a dead Savior in a tomb than a suffering king Savior on a cross and if my last memory has to be a dead Savior in a tomb than a suffering Savior on a cross, at least I can touch Him here. I couldn't touch Him there. I wasn't permitted to. But if I can get this stone moved away, at least I can hold Him here. I can, I can fix Him here. I can cover the, 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 the distinguishing of Him here. I can cover His face with the napkin uh, here if I can just get to Him one more time. I can just get to... And they rose up early in the morning, the Bible says. Uh, early, ain't that just like a woman to do it no matter what with a tenacity and a stamina uh, that says I can fix whatever he's messed up and I can control this situation and come hell or high water I'm going to make sure that nobody sees him in a way that is not perfect in a way that he might have messed up he might not have come down off the cross he might start to stink he may not have rose again but you and you and you will never know it because I'm going to rise up early in the morning and I'm going to cover this mess and I'm going to cover these things and I'm going to fix this mess. And you'll never smell my king because we got a hundred pounds of spices and we go into the garden. We go into the tomb. We're going to fix this mess. And I'm going to tell you what, I thank you women for being so strong, for being so determined, to being so caring uh, that you would get up and go see for yourself. That you would get up and go see. I need one more glimpse. One more glimpse. I want to remember... The cross. At least here I can fix it. After all, his wounds were for me. He did die for me. He was pierced for me. He was the crown was meant for me. The stripes were meant for me. The least I can do is go fix this. So they get up early. I want you to there's two things in this whole sermon. I want you to see here. And these women, there ain't nothing like them. They go. They go. And they go. On the third day, they go. Because we've got that point, yeah. And the Bible says very early they went. They can't stand it. They can't hold back. They can't keep back. They can't keep from going. I know it wasn't right. I know it ain't good. But I'm going to make it better. I know it's early. Get up. 
She's talking to the others. Now get up. I know where he's at. Get up. I know he may be disgusting when we get there, but I'm prepared for it. I know that his wounds may be bursting when we get there. It's been three days, but we're going anyway. And I know that he stinks, but, but we're going anyway. And early that morning, they went to fix the body. If I can just see him, if I can just see where he lays, if I can just see the, the bed he's in, if I can just see the table uh, that he's laying on, if I can just see something to get me through this one more time. I can just get one more glimpse of him because memories, we have them, but they fade. They're not near as crisp and clear as they was yesterday once we get, once they get a little older. But if I could just see where he laid, that bed that he laid in, and if I could just tighten the bandages, then maybe I could contain the defilement. You know, if I, by now he's swelling a little bit. If I could just wrap these bandages just a little bit tighter on him, uh, maybe it can contain the, the, the disappointment. It can contain the defilement. It can bandage these wounds and I can bandage the hurt wrapping them up so they don't get worse. The least I can do is bandage these wounds so we can get by, so we can get through. Perhaps the bandages in this life uh, can control the hurts in this life. Behold, perhaps uh, that's what the world does. They reach for the bandages of this life thinking that they will help the wounds that come in that life. But I'm going to tell you, we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight principalities and powers and the bandages of this life will not help a hurt from that world. It will not help. Uh, a bandage in this world can't be solved. Uh, a wound from this world or that world can't be solved with a bandage from this world. And many people leach for the bandages of this world. If I could just tighten that bandage, I'll feel better. If I could just wrap that bandage, I would feel better. And the napkin that said they went in and they looked and the grave clothes was there, the stone was rolled away, and the napkin, if I can just fix that napkin back over his precious face, I'm not reminded. I'm not reminded. You know, I can deal with the outline of the thing. But when it comes to the reality of the thing, I, I struggle with that. You know, I, I might can see a glimpse, a shadow of a thing coming and dodge it. But when the reality of the thing comes, then that's a little painful there. That's a little more difficult to get over. I, I can deal with the napkin over the face, but if it's laying on the floor and I see my Savior's face laying there, I'm going to lose it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can get over that. That's some, because let's just get to it. We all have wounds and reality is more painful uh, than a shadow. Reality is more painful than a rumor. Reality of the thing, when it happens to you, it's more painful. It's more painful to happen to you than it is for me to tell you it happened to them. It's more painful to the one that it's happening to uh, than the one that heard about it. It is that way more painful that way. And I'm going to tell you what, so I've got to go in the grave. I've got to tighten the bandages so we can limp through this life. I've got to cover his face with the napkin because I'm dodging the truth and the reality. Because if I can hide it, maybe I can heal it. If I can hide it, maybe I can avoid it. Maybe I don't have to face it if I don't have to look at it and I can turn my back and go the other way and just deal with it later because dealing with things and covering up things are what I do best. That's how I deal with this thing. Man, dodging some things, 
That's right up my alley. I got that down to pat. I can do some dodgeball. I can do some covering up. I can do some hiding and running some things. I can even see some shadows and types coming. But when it comes reality, then trust me, church, there comes a point when you've got to deal with it. When you've got to deal with it. But they're saying, if I can just cover that napkin. And then there's one more. They say, if we can get the spices. Because this is the toughest one to overcome. If I can just bring those guys, if I can cover that smell, I can deal with the stench. If I can cover that smell of, 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 the, of the tomb, I can deal with the aroma. I can stand the smell of it if I can just cover it up and replace it with another odor. If I can replace that one odor with a Glade air freshener over here, and I know this there, but I can, I can deal with it as long as I have something else to smell other than that. Something else to remind me than other than that. And I go to the tomb prepared to wrap these bandages at all costs, cover and hide it, check on the bed and the body, tighten the bandage, hide the face, and cover the stench. And they go, and the darkness is gone, the stone is gone, the soldiers are gone, and the body is gone. And you know what they're left with? They're, the Bible says that they were left with a slab, a bed, that he laid on an empty tomb, a bed that he laid on, and some bandages and a napkin, and a bag of spices. They got there, they brought their spices, and that's what they were left with. They were left with a body that was gone. There's the bed. Bandages to bind and spices to bury. But he was not there. 23.6, don't you know he is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke when he was in Galilee. Remember how he spoke. And you know what else is gone? Their, their purpose. Their mission. Their, 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 their worst fears have come true. Their intentions were gone. Their hearts sink in their chest. And they're at the tomb. And they hear the tomb. And they get to the tomb. And they've got all these great ideas. They've got all these great intentions. And they go in. And they come out. He's not here. And they hear a voice. I imagine when they go with me here, they hear a voice. Come and see. He's not here. They go and they see. and He's not there. And they come out. And at that time, just like it does in your and my life, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I've seen it happen in my life, there's another voice that comes. And he says, listen, if you're looking for him, look again. If you're looking for a place uh, where your Savior is, go back in. Hey, and if you're looking for a nice, quiet place to get, go back in the tomb. It's an empty tomb. Nobody's there. Hey, and if you're looking for a place to get by, to bind up these wounds, to get you through life, he left them for you. He left you his, his bandages. He left you his bed. Won't you lay in it? He left you his bandages. Won't you use them? He's left you your napkin. Cover, cover yourself. Co cover yourself up. There's a bed, lay in it. There's some bandages, dress your wounds. There's a napkin, hide it. There's your spices, you can cover your own smell. You can cover it up your own way. Crawl inside, hide, run away, pull the stone over the door, be by yourself, be alone. Nobody to bother you in here. In here it's empty, it's cold, it's lonely. You know what these do? You know what it is? The bed that you lay in is your bed. You made it. You lay in it. You're defeated. You're defeated. You know, there's only one letter between bandage and bondage. Bandage and... He might have been in an English accent. Here's your bondage. 
He may have told him it was bondage. Who knows? The fact of the matter is, is the enemies outside the tomb saying, there's your bed, you can lay that in it. It was good enough for Jesus, ain't it good enough for you? Here's some bandages. Pick your own self up. Wound, pick your own, dress your own wounds. They were good enough for Jesus. Are they not good enough for you? And well, and here's your spices that you were going to anoint your Savior with. If they're good enough for your Savior, cover your own smell. Cover your own stench. But I'm going to tell you something today. If Jesus didn't lay there, I'm not going to. If he didn't stay there, I'm not going to. If he did not stay in that, it, you know what? He didn't prepare an empty tomb for me. He said, I go and prepare many rooms for you. There's no tombs here. There are rooms here. I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. There are many rooms. It wasn't the tomb that I, And the enemy says, here's your tomb to lay in to get away and to fix yourself. And he says, here's your room to dwell in and to rule in and to reign in. Here's your room, and that's where we have the victory over death, hell, and the grave today. We have that victory over that, and that victory comes through a risen Savior that entered, exited out of that tomb, and when we got there, that says, He is not here. He is not here. Why are you here? Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why would you want to stay somewhere where He's not? And a lot of times, I'm going to tell you something, a lot of times we go through a lot of different stuff in our lives. They sure they grow us. Sure, they help us. Sure, they mold us. But some things that we go through in life is because we refuse to hear the words, He is not here, and we insist to go in and see. We insist that we have to stick our head in and see when the Lord has clearly said, Don't go in there. You ain't got no business in there. He's not here. And we find ourselves going through stuff that we have no business going through. Because we refuse to listen. And if he, if he, if he wasn't going to lay there, then why would I? And I want to close with this. And then this, and I know that, uh, and so we're going to flip over to John 20 and see what the empty tomb shows us and what the empty tomb uh, gives us. In John 20, verse 16, or 11, let's do 11. So uh, the women go back, they, get, they tell disciples, disciples didn't believe them. So Peter and that other disciple who outran him, ran to the tomb in John chapter 19, verse 11. In John verse 19, verse 11. And they get back to the tomb and then they leave again. But Mary stood outside. She stayed. Mary stayed. She went first time, got, went back, got disciples, and she come back with them. They left and she still stayed. And she still stayed. And she sees two angels sitting in one at the head and one at the feet and said unto her, Why, woman, do you weep? Why do you weep? Uh, I'm sorry, I've lost my place. Uh, somebody. Why do you weep? Sitting at 12. Uh, sitting at the head, one at the feet, the body of Jesus was lain, and they said unto her, 13 women, why, woman, why do you weep? And she said, Because they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when she had thus said this, and she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why? Weepest thou? Whom do you see? And she supposed him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you if you born him somewhere, tell me where you put him, and I'll take him away. I'll pick his uh, three-day-old body up with a hundred pounds of spices on it, and I'll take my master away. Uh, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. And she turned herself 
and said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say master. And she, the Bible says that she wrapped her arms around his feet. And he says, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go first to the brethren and say unto them, I have ascended to the father and your father to my God and to your God. I want to show you three things right here real quick. She grabs his feet. She turns around. He says, Mary. She turns and looks and says, where did you put him? Didn't recognize him. Where did you put him? And thinking he was the gardener. He calls her name. She wraps her arms around his feet and hangs on. And he tells her, let go of me and go get the others. Let go of me and go get the others. In verse 19, and the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, there the disciples were, as assembled for the fear of the Jews came, and Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them, listen to this now, he showed them unto them his hands, his feet, and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He goes in, he comes to Mary, she grabs his feet and says, Master, teacher, and he says, go get them. He appears himself before the eleven. Uh, and, and he said, and he shows him the hands the, in his side, the Bible says, in verse 19. And in a, a little, 24, Thomas, who wasn't there, says, uh, listen. And the disciples said, you're not going to believe this. Jesus came and showed himself to us. And Thomas says, unless I see this for myself... Uh, verse 25, And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Thomas did, Except I shall see his hands print of the nails, and put my finger into the handprint of the side, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Unless I can see it for myself, I will not believe. And after eight days again, the disciples were there together, and Thomas with them, and Jesus came. The doors being shut, stood in the midst of them, Peace be unto you. And verse 27 says this. Then said he to Thomas, Reach here your finger. Behold my hands. Reach your hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithful, faithless, but believing. And Thomas said, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And Thomas was saying, Unless I see for myself. Why, why did he show himself three times? that way and actually four on the Emmaus road and it said they sat down and break bread and when he broke bread when he broke bread and it, his hands were revealed they knew it was him why did uh, why didn't Mary why did Mary grab his feet how could she have grabbed the feet of a crucified man three days before how could you grab the feet of a pierced man how could you do that and him not go ow stop you're killing me how could he even stand there how could, how could the eleven hug a beaten Jesus whose 39 lashes left his back lacerated and so, so bad that it was unrecognizable? In three days, how could they have wrapped their arms around him? And how could he go to Thomas and say, touch my hand and reach into my side? How could he do that? How could he touch it? And how, how could those things happen? Because Jesus knows something very important and He wants us to know this too. Until you embrace His scars, you will carry those wounds. Until you embrace your, your, uh, His scars, you don't know that your, wound, your wounds can heal. You think that you need these bandages. You think that you need that lonely, empty room. You think that you need to cover up your mess because you're embracing 
your wounds thinking he's still wounded. But I'm going to tell you three days later, he's not wounded anymore. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was wounded and bruised for your iniquities. And his the chastisement of our peace was put on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The Bible, you can say it this way. When you see him three days later and he's healed and, you, and you're carrying your wounds, it should remind you of this. Just like him, I am healed. Just like his stripes, I am healed. Paul says it this way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I live. I carry the scars in my body, but I walk it out in this world. He never told you to carry your wounds. He said, carry your cross. Carry your cross. He died, and he died for you, and, and he leaves. If he leaves the tomb, uh, two things, and when Brother Chris and him come forward, if he left the tomb a different way than he entered in, shouldn't you? If he's not going to lay there, I'm not going to lay there. And if he's going to go in one way and come out the other, if I've got to see for myself, I need to at least come out a different way. I need to at least come out a different way. One more thing I noticed in John. I didn't, uh, in, in John, let's see, 20, uh, 2017. 2017. As he's, uh, the only thing that I see in the scriptures in the four gospels was that the law couldn't condemn him. The nails couldn't hold him. The cross couldn't hold him. The priest couldn't grab him. The, the stone couldn't stop him. The only thing that I see in Scripture that had a hold of Jesus is right here in 17. And, Mary, and Jesus said unto him, Touch me not. The only thing that could hold him was you. That was the only thing that could touch him. Nothing else could hold him to the cross. Nothing else could keep him from ascending but you and I. But you and I. As we stand... Number Where are you today? Do you realize that he bled in every area that you have a problem? Uh, that in his head so that we could have the mind of Christ and his hands so that we could reach his feet that we could have walk worthy of a calling? Uh, that his guilt and shame bruised for you, wounded for you. Do we realize that what power we walk in, the power of the tomb, the power of a risen Savior? Do we realize that today? We realize that he was wounded and bruised for us. That we realize that we can drop the spices and leave the bandages and walk out victorious, made whole. Not healed, made whole today. Well, you say, well, why don't healing come from me? I, just, I don't know. That's, that's something that you and God have to talk about. But I can promise you this. He says everything he does is for the glory of God. Everything he does. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I ask you today, if you're hurting in any kind of way and you need some special prayer, you don't have to come up, you don't have to uh, say anything, but if you raise your hand, we'll be glad to pray for you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you'd like to, to know Him a little more, if, if you just uh, slip up that hand, we'll be praying for you. I'll come speak to you after the service. You can make it public and come forward. Pray that there's one here that uh, that's went to the tomb, decided to crawl in, lay down, fix their own wounds, 
and go back to their old ways. If there's a, a rededication here today, we pray that you make it right. What a better service to do it in in an Easter sunrise service where it springs forth and everything's made new. If you want to rededicate your life for Christ today, we pray that you slip that hand up today. Lord, if you'd just like to pray, the altar's open as Brother Chris sings.